Welcome to Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. If you've been listening for a while, welcome back. If you're new to the show, I'm your host, Fiona. My passion for sport really started when I was a competitive swimmer. This led me to study sport development at university whilst also working within the sporting industry. I'm a huge believer in sport being used as a tool for good. Each week, I'll bring you an episode with someone involved in the sporting world. It could be your local high school teacher or your childhood or current sporting hero. The difference is that it's not your typical type of questions. We talk about the highs and lows in their journey through sport, but also what they've learned from it and how it's made them who they are today. There's also a strong focus on how being involved in sport can impact the community. If you haven't already, make sure you hit follow wherever you're listening so you don't miss the drop of each new episode. If you're after some bonus content, then you can check out our Instagram or Facebook page at Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. This week's guest is a close to home one, Beck Henderson. I normally introduce guests by their sport, but with Beck, she's a multi-dimensional athlete. Beck and I know each other as we grew up swimming for the same swimming club where Beck specialized in open water events. She then added triathlon to the mix as well as race walking, debuting at her first Olympics last year in the 20 kilometer race walk. In this episode, we delve into the benefits of training for multiple sports, as well as an insight into some of the nutrition and training studies that go on behind the scenes with high-performance athletes. I've always admired Beck's balanced attitude when it comes to sport and training, and it was a pleasure to take a bit of a trip down memory lane with her. Just a reminder, if you're liking these episodes, to hit follow or subscribe wherever you are listening. If you're feeling extra generous, I'd love if you shared it with someone who would also enjoy it. The whole purpose of this podcast is you don't need to be a sporting expert to gain something from these chats. With that being said, let's get into this week's chat with Beck. So Beck, thank you so much for joining us. It's it's nice to see your face again, um, even though we're currently in different states because you're on a training camp. Now, to give, I guess, the audience a little bit of a background, we have swam together years and years and years ago. But can you tell us a little bit about your sport and how you got into it? There's been a few under your belt. Yes, definitely, definitely a few different sports. But with race walking, which is what I'm mainly doing at the moment, I just got into that through Little Lass. I started Little Lass when I was five, I think, to go hang out with my cousins on a Saturday morning and have some fun. And I was not very good at all. I was came last in pretty much everything. If I got second last, we'd my whole family would be so excited. And then one day in under nines, I think I did the race walk and I won. So that was, that was different, very different. Everyone was really excited that day. And it was, yeah. And then I just kind of, I enjoyed it. So I just tried to do some training and then and got into it. And then, yeah, with other sports, I think I've tried pretty much every sport under the sun. I did dancing for 11 years, cricket, karate, footy, and then obviously swimming, which I did since I was a little baby and I just loved it and kept going into squad and yeah they can't seem to kick me out of the squad I'm still <laughs> swimming in a squad to this day so it's yeah I just love swimming and doing a mixture of different things same with triathlon the running the riding just yeah a mixture of things yeah and I wrote down here when I was doing my research I started listing all the sports and then I was like just endurance sports <laughs> yeah 
yeah, endu- definitely endurance. Not I'm terrible at sprinting, but yeah, and I just enjoy. I find the endurance sports are a lot more community. You can get out and chat to people while you're going out, and it's yeah, just a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. And you know, I've been around the triathlon community a little bit through Todd and. Some of your achievements are, you know, pretty epic. And then you've also made the Olympic team in race walking. So you're not not bad at these sports. You're very talented and you're a hard work. I've seen it in the pool. But is there like a specific moment that you were like, oh my gosh, I like swimming or I like triathlon or I like race walking, I guess, because they're all three different sports. You're kind of doing them all still. How, how did you pick those sports? I don't think there was really a specific moment where I said I really want to kind of do this. It's just kind of been a gradual transition into things. Like when I was a lot younger, like 12, I loved swimming so much. That was kind of my main thing and I'd go to all the race meets and love it. But then I kind of started with triathlon and then that kind of grew into that and I still love swimming, but I moved more into the open water stuff, which I found a lot more fun and more community-based, which was great. And then, yeah, moved into the triathlon and I found that super fun. And then, yeah, it was kind of a gradual, sudden transition into race walking where it was just, yeah, sudden, but it wasn't really any moment where I said, okay, I want to do race walking now. It was just like kind of naturally transitioning into it, which I think was good. And like triathlon's always there, swimming's always there, and I still do lots of training for that. So I think that really mixes it up a bit and makes training a lot more fun and just enjoyable, which is great. That's fantastic. And I think it's really impressive that you can have the mix of trainings and the mix of sports and enjoy them all still. It's certainly, I've seen the triathlon training behind the scenes and it's a lot of work. I've done the swimming training myself. Like how do you fit it all in? Um, I think just, yeah, getting into a really good routine, especially yeah, with study and with work, not that I work heaps, but I try and work a little bit. So just getting into that routine and knowing what I'm doing and just I think the mixture of the swimming and the running and the walking and the riding just really makes it a lot easier to get that massive volume of training done because I think if I was just doing race walking training or just doing swimming training, it would be a lot, I would find it a lot harder and a lot less enjoyable probably to do just that but yeah mixing it up just makes it a lot easier for me I think to get everything done yeah it's not just following a black line and not just running around the track or running for going for big long runs (laughs) to do a lot of different things yeah I could see that (laughs) now you mentioned that at about 12 you kind of went oh I'm gonna head on to the open water swimming and I had a little look and yeah, you actually won a gold medal at the Vic Open Water Champs for 12 and under. So like that is such an incredible achievement. And, you know, I guess one of the first milestones, is there any other like along the way we can go into the big ones and little ones and injuries um, that, you you know, stand out in your mind? Yeah, I think with the open water swimming, I loved it. It was like the really long distance. So it's like 5K, 10K. So my goal was to eventually do a 10K, which was, I did a few times, which was awesome and a long, long, long way, but it was really (laughs) great. And to get to go to nationals for open water, I think I got fourth or fifth a few times. So that was, yeah, really exciting to do that. And I just, that was such a great event at the beach and everyone's just having a good time. The public's there. 
the parents can't really see you racing, but it feels like it goes, the two hours in the water goes pretty quick when you're in the ocean. It's, yeah, it's really great. And then, yeah, with triathlon, I've done a few national races. It was really great to get to go to world champs in 2018, I think, in Gold Coast. Unfortunately, I got a flat tyre there, so I wasn't able to finish the race. I was leading, but wasn't able to finish with the flat tyre. So that was disappointing, but that was still a really great experience and had lots of friends there. So we got to, we went to the theme parks afterwards and it was really cool getting to see all of the elite guys racing as well in the near world champs, which is awesome. Obviously the biggest milestone with that was the Olympics this year, which was just absolutely amazing because it was a bit disappointing in 2020. I'd qualified for world juniors for the 10 K and that was supposed to be in Kenya. We were supposed to go over to St. Moritz in Switzerland for a month and then fly over to Kenya and race, but that was cancelled. Similar, same with the Olympics. And then mum kind of said to me as a joke, when that got cancelled in 2020, maybe you'll, you can make the Olympics now. And we just kind of laughed. It made me feel a bit better. And then, yeah, in the next six months, I was actually thinking, oh, maybe I can go to the Olympics. So that was yeah, just kind of a crazy, crazy last year. And it's just been fantastic. That was definitely my biggest milestone. Oh, I can imagine like World Juniors is cancelled, but hold on, the Olympics, like it's it's a little bit of a step up from what you what you were disappointed in getting cancelled. Like I guess the postponement really um, went in your favour because you, you aged up, you weren't actually eligible to do that, were you? Yeah, I'd never walked because for, so for juniors, it's 10 kilometres mm-hmm. and then for the Olympics, it's 20 kilometres and they've introduced a 35 kilometres for 2024, which is exciting as well. But yeah, so I hadn't walked a 20K until March in 2020 and the Olympics was my third ever 20K. <laughs> so it was a pretty crazy six months to kind of, because you have to do the qualifying races and the points. So it was a pretty yeah, pretty tough six months to get in those races and make sure that there was no border closures that I could get to all the races. But yeah, definitely a blessing in disguise in the end, looking back now. Yeah. Was it daunting having to do that distance like on the world stage for your third ever attempt? I'm just like thinking of like when I first raced 200 Butterfly, I was like so terrified and it's 200 metres. But you could probably imagine like that feeling. You were like, and knowing that you could do the distance, but each time you did it, you got more confident. Did you feel that? I think so, yeah. Looking in, what, February 2020 when I was doing the 10K and I was watching the girls do their Olympic qualifying race for the 20K, I was like, that looks so hard. I'm only <laughs> doing half the distance. But when once in November we went on to a camp in Threadbow and that I kind of stepped up my training a bit, that was when I kind of transitioned into race walking and it was the jump wasn't as hard as I expected it to be. And I'd obviously before the Olympics, I'd done heaps of 20 kilometres in training, a lot slower, but I'd still done them. So I knew that I could get the distance. And even though it was my only my third 20K, I was confident that I would be able to make it. It was just a lot hotter than <laughs> any other 20K I'd ever done. Oh, yeah, I could imagine. Oh, Tokyo heat. Um, we were speaking a little bit before about how you're doing your Bachelor of Biomed. And you're actually on a training camp right now and they're doing a lot of like science behind it. Like it's a lot of the studies. And was it last year that you did a heat study? Is that right? 
So last year was a nutrition study, but we, so that was a month of different diets. So Mm -hmm. we, I was on the high energy group, which was the control group. So that was quite nice. And there was a few Mm -hmm. people doing low energy for a week, which looked really (laughs) tough. And a few people doing high fat, which also looked really tough. And that, so that's been in a study, they're doing all the results and that paper should be published. They've done a few different ones. And then we went to Cairns in around Easter time last year. We were really focusing on different heat stuff. So pre-cooling, getting in the ice bath, like half an hour before you train or race. So that's what we did in Tokyo as well. Um, Like Powerade slushies. And there was this little concoction that is not very nice you it's got glycerol and cordial and salt and it like bulks up your bodily fluid so that your body temperature doesn't rise as much so that was yeah there was a lot of different science stuff things we were trying out to hopefully when we got to Tokyo to make sure that we could race to the best of our ability and hopefully not our body temperature won't rise as much so that we could get the best out of ourselves and maybe some of the people from other countries weren't doing so we could mm. perform better on the day. Mm, that's really interesting. And it's funny that you mentioned the cordial and salt because I don't know, maybe Todd knew that this was happening, but he's been doing that for the last like eight months and I've started doing it and I'm like, oh, can't afford this Powerade stuff. So I just use some cordial and salt. So there we go. We've got a little, little tip. <laughs> so yeah, this concoction, it's got something called glycerol in it, which is really, really sweet. Mm-hmm. And then it's also got yeah cordial or sports drink and then salt so it makes sure your bodily fluids are kind of the same concentration they would be so you drink about a liter three hours before mm-hmm. and then it so you've got more water content in your blood and then so when you're sweating you might weigh a kilo extra when you start but by the end you'll weigh the same so then you're not losing as much from sweat and your body temperature won't rise as much so hopefully you can last a bit longer in the race and keep your pace up for longer. So it's all, yeah, quite technical, but we've got a good team of dietitians and scientists working with us. So they've been, yeah, really helpful. Yeah. And it's cool that you guys, you know, it's testing out these studies and these, I guess it's kind of an experiment. What's it? Hypothesis (laughs) on elite athletes. And then, you know, we can maybe in five years time adapt that to everyone, which is really cool. Yeah, definitely. It's, yeah, we, yeah, sometimes we feel a bit like lab rats doing the studies, (laughs) but it's definitely all very helpful information. And this year we've just done a carbon plate study for race walking because obviously we know that they help a lot with the running. But so we've, yeah, just done one with race walking. So those will be really interesting to see the results of that. And if the carbon plated shoes make us go faster in terms of efficiency and Mm -hmm. that. So, yeah, that will be great to look at. Yeah, it's cool that you're into the science as well as the the training aspect of it. I, I love that. And, you, you know, you're studying biomed. So, yeah, I guess you have a little bit more of an understanding than, you know, the general population. Yeah, I think, yeah, the biomed really helps. So a lot of a lot of the race walkers who are here now are studying mostly science degrees, sports science. We've got a few nutrition, yeah, biomed, a few doing med. So it's, yeah, it's a good group and we're all quite into that so yeah it's just really great and I think knowing a little bit about science really helps it and will make you perform better because you kind of know what's going on with your body Mm. and you're not actually 
I'm, th- I'm just thinking when you said there's a few on, you know, on the team that are either studying nutrition or exercise science or med or biomed, just thinking like we've got, I think you're the fourth who's either studying biomed or medicine um, on this podcast already. And I'm thinking maybe there's a correlation between elite athletes and maybe doctors or junior doctors or, you know, med school. Like I'm just, I, w- I wonder what the study is on that. <laughs> yeah, I think that could possibly be yeah a lot of yeah most of the race walkers are doing something similar to that and a lot of the endurance athletes I know from triathlon Mm -hmm. or swimming are doing something similar so that that is actually really interesting would be interesting to know the statistics on that yeah (laughs) maybe we should start something back (laughs) (laughs) um so has there been any like injuries along the way like you've got three major sports and you know you were doing dancing and football and cricket as well was there any injuries along the way that you know kind of put a little speed bump in your in your sporting journey um I've been pretty lucky with injuries actually I think doing the balance of everything really helps with injury prevention because I'm not I'm using different muscles and not just doing one thing over and over and over because stress fractures are obviously a big issue for people doing running and that so I think the mixture really helps with the injuries. A few years ago, I did tear a muscle in my gluteus medius, I think, but it wasn't too bad. It was only about four weeks out. So there's nothing nothing too bad, which I'm very, very grateful for. Yeah, that's good. And, and hopefully it continues along that path. Yes, fingers crossed. <laughs> so you, we mentioned before about maybe there's a correlation between, you know, participating in sport and going along a career path in medicine or health and exercise science kind of thing. But has there been like a benefit that sports provided you that's transferred over to like other avenues of your life? I think just kind of learning just discipline and that with the sport because obviously you got to get up like for swimming getting up at 4 45 each morning and then swimming for two hours and then going straight to school or in the afternoon when I'm really tired after school still getting out and doing that session I think that's just really helpful to learn and it's really good skills for studying if you want to procrastinate study just to try and get it done that's definitely one of the biggest skills I think you learn from doing sport but I think also just the friendships that I've made through sport are just fantastic and it's just, yeah, great people to be around and that's probably the main thing that I love about the sport is that there's so many like-minded people and, yeah, just getting to hang out and train with people every day is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and I guess they know a similar thing to what you do in terms of, like, what it takes to participate in that sport but also you know, the, the discipline and the, not the sacrifices, but the choices that you make to be able to study or to pl- play that sport or do that sport. And yeah, I guess like when you speak about discipline, I'm like, oh yes, I remember that discipline of 4.45 in the morning and then backing it up after a full day of school. Speaking of, I was like thinking when you were saying that, oh, I had to sometimes go swim teaching and then go to training after. Are you swim teaching as well? Yeah, so I'm swim teaching, not heaps, just once or twice a week um, at King's. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's been great. I've been doing that for a few years. Obviously, the last two years have been a bit on and off. But, yeah, I love doing the swim teaching. It's great to get to kind of, yeah, teach the next generation of kids 
how to swim and the little kids are <laughs> so cute in the water and yeah it's awesome to do that as well and that's kind of yeah it kind of relates to what sport and so yeah it's super fun mm. if you were I guess to share a lesson to one of those kids in one of your classes or you know any kids I've seen you help out the little ass track that you've learned along the way what would what would you share um, I think the main thing for me is just to make sure you're having fun while you're doing it and you're enjoying what you're doing because if you're not enjoying it, you're not going to be performing well and it's just not going to be good at all. And I think a lot of, especially a lot of parents put pressure on their kids or kids put pressure on themselves to be doing performing well all the time and with what you were saying about the sacrifices, if they're making sacrifices by training and maybe not hanging out with their friends as much that puts a lot of pressure on them to do the best that they can do but if they're not enjoying it they're not going to be performing well anyway so I think yeah enjoyment is the main thing and that's probably why I do have such a big broad range of sports because if I'm not enjoying one quite as much at that time then there's always something else to look forward to so yeah I think enjoyment is definitely the main thing with sport and in life and study like I love studying biomed and I think if I was doing yeah something else it just wouldn't be as great so it's yeah definitely enjoying what you're doing yeah knowing knowing your purpose and like knowing that you're doing it because you love it and then you can push I guess that little extra and I I like how you said that having the multiple sports allows you to do that I'm thinking maybe that's where I went wrong a little bit with swimming when you know my whole life was wrapped around swimming and I didn't actually have that other avenue or that other place to decompress or like do that cross training and you know since not hanging up the cap and goggles but since like I've not competed anymore being able to go oh yeah I'll go for a swim or I'll go do Pilates or I'll go do a PT session and having the you know different things that I can delve into like it does help on the days where you're like no can't face getting in the pool I'm going to do something else (laughs) yeah definitely I think that that helps heaps and even yeah if one day you're just obviously not all the time but if you're just not feeling it it might and your friends are going out it might just be better to go hang out with your friends for one day have a little bit of a rest and then come back and you will you will enjoy it more and you will realize that you do love it or that you don't love it, then you might want to try something else. Mm, that's a really good perspective. And I think it's a really balanced perspective as well. And, you know, in terms of like athletes, like I know a lot of athletes can be quite tunnel visioned and I am certainly guilty of doing that. And to be able to pull it back and go, oh, actually, like, am I enjoying this? How can I either take a step back and get that perspective or then take a step back and go, okay, like, am I, do I need a little break for a little bit? And that kind of stuff, like that's really important. Yeah, and obviously you might, when you're training at such a high level, you might not enjoy it all the time. Like <laughs> Definitely we've got a rep session this afternoon and it's going to be very hard and I'm not quite looking forward to it, but once it's done, I'll we'll be happy. I think just as long as you're mostly enjoying it, in, even in the hard bits, you can still see the bright side and see this is why I'm doing it because I love it. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to be like dreading every single session, every single day for a month and month straight that's that's what we want to avoid yeah Yeah, definitely now this next question I've got one written down because I know that you did it with me but has there been a project where you've you know used 
sport as a tool to develop the community. So I know there's one thing that we've done a few of together and there's a few others, but can you tell us about them? Yep, so I'm assuming you're talking about the mega swim, the 24-hour <laughs> yes. mega swim. Yep, so that was, yes, the, so the 24-hour mega swim, you swim for 24 hours, you have a team. And so with Kings, we used to do it every year. So I've definitely done a few and I've done a few with the tri squad as well. And that's such a great event, raising money for MS. And, yeah, you're swimming for 24 hours. It's a great team event as well, getting the community all especially during the day, all of the public who are just swimming at the local pool come and see what's going on and maybe that gets them involved next year. It's, yeah, a great event. And there's, yeah, a few other things that I've been doing. I'm an ambassador for the um, SESF, Sports Excellence Scholarship Fund. So they give out um, little grants of about $1,000 to um, primary and high school aged kids to, like, athletes to go on like national trips or yet towards their sport. So these are for financially disadvantaged kids who wouldn't be able to go on those trips otherwise. So in 2017, I got a scholarship from them. And then last year, I kind of reconnected with them and yeah, hopefully we'll be able to give back their great, they, so they give out their little grants, but they also do mentoring with athletes. So I know Mac Horton's been a mentor, Brooke Stratton's been a mentor. So yeah, that's definitely a great organisation and they've just recently gone national. So they were just a Victorian one and they've gone national. So, yeah, that's great to give those financially disadvantaged kids a chance to compete in elite sport because often it's those kids that you require the money to kind of go into state and mm -hmm. compete. So, yeah, it's definitely great to get more people involved and give those kids a chance to see what they can do. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, you know, like you said, I, I guess you you think, oh, you know, elite sport, you know, if you're talented, you'll get there. But I guess if you can't go interstate to compete at nationals or you can't, you know, do that next level of competition, how are you going to, you know, do the best that you can do? And you just think of the kids that could miss out or even like the, the inspiration that they can provide to other people in their local area to get involved in sport. Like, yeah, that's a that's an amazing cause. Yeah, it's definitely great because, yeah, I know even with like coaching or anything, it can be very expensive for the parents and it's, yeah, some obviously there's a lot of talented kids but some just don't get the chance to be able to show what they can really do or that they don't have the tools to be able to do that. So, yeah, it's a really great organisation that is helping out a lot of kids. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. And um, you mentioned earlier about the mega swim. So that's to help raise funds for MS and help people, I guess, realize their dreams who have MS. And Carol Cook, who was the founder, we've had her on last year, so in season two, um, and she talks a bit about that. So if anyone is wondering what Beck and I were shorthandedly talking about before, you can go listen to that episode and she goes through that there. Now, the other thing is your swim teaching because you do give back to the community through your swim teaching as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I said before, I love all of the swim teaching. It's great. So that was where I, so Kings is where I swam when I was younger. So it's, yeah, great to get back and be in the teacher's shoes instead of the kids' shoes learning. <laughs> and it's, it's just a lot of fun. It's sometimes a bit of hard work, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I think it's really important at this time when a lot of the kids haven't been in the pool for two years. It's really important to get them back in and learning how to swim 
so that they can go to the beach or the pool safely. Mm -hmm. 100%. And like, do you think, not that I'm biased at all towards swimming, but do you think swimming gave you a pretty good foundation like towards your other sports? Yes, definitely. (laughs) Swimming is, I would say, the best thing for any endurance athlete. Do swimming (laughs) because it's just low impact, less chance of injury, it can be a bit boring sometimes, but it's yeah definitely worth it and it is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's cool because I run a swim school now, so it's cool seeing like how many people in our little generation that like when we were swimming, how many people are still involved in the swimming world and, you know, they might not be swimming themselves anymore and competing themselves, but like I can name probably six or seven swim teachers just from like our little Kings group. And I'm like, oh, look at us go the next generation. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's a lot still, yeah, who we swam with at Kings who are teaching alongside me mm-hmm. at Kings who are still involved in the swimming community. And I think that's why I find the open water community so great as well, because there's so many people of different ages and abilities going and doing the open water swims, which just makes it a lot more community and yeah there's 80 year olds swimming so it's just awesome to see everyone out there yeah and I guess it you know if you can see someone who's in their 80s doing that you're like oh well I don't have to give up this sport just because I've got a full-time job or I don't have to do this because university is a lot like I can keep doing this sport might only be training two times a week but I can keep doing something and still be involved yeah definitely and it's just yeah as long as you can make the distance and yeah get along there's so many different abilities swimming there it's yeah just great to see and it's a fun day out at the beach it's always a great day out the atmosphere is awesome oh that's awesome now we spoke a little bit about your busy year ahead like you've got you know a few big meets ahead but where do you see Firstly, your future in sport, like, are we going to go race walking? We don't know. <laughs> are we, we going to go triathlon? Um, yeah, so this year's a pretty big year. We've got World Cup coming up in the start of March, a few national events in Feb and March, and then World Champs, Com Games and World Unis kind of in the middle of the year. So that's, so race walking is kind of going to be my main thing until at least August, but I've decided in November I'm going to do a 70.3 triathlon this year. So after that, I'll (laughs) switch over for a little bit and then, yeah, back in and then I'll kind of transition back into walking for January because we've got a big altitude and diet study coming up in January next year, which will be really exciting. But and then until 2024, I think mainly race walking, but I'll still do as many tries as I can fit in but yeah into 2024 race walking definitely will be my main thing because I'm hoping to do quite well there yeah and I, I think it's an exciting field like you were youngest in the field at Tokyo weren't you yeah yeah youngest in the field and yeah third 20k so it was yeah very unexpected 2024 was kind of always my goal but so this was definitely a bonus Mm, I love that that's so exciting and in terms of like the 70.3 that should be very easy considering you've done a 20k race walk but which one is it what what's in it was November yeah so November it's in Melbourne so it's Mm -hmm. a 1.9k swim which 
should be I should be good with <laughs> and then a 90k bike and a half marathon run so I think the bike will be the biggest struggle for me so I'll have to get out there and do some riding between August and November to get ready for it oh I love oh do I love going to watch I think I, I've watched a few Todd does them that now they're good fun I like the 70.3s they're like you know four or five hours it's fine <laughs> Yeah, you can go have a coffee while they're out riding. <laughs> no, yeah, you, no, no, they have no idea that you've disappeared for a nap in the car. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, we'd have no idea, so it's fine. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's that's awesome, and maybe I will see you on the track. I don't know if Todd's plans to to do it, but I'll definitely cheer you on if I'm there. Hopefully, yeah, it's, it's yeah, I'm very excited to do that one because haven't done one that long before, so we'll see how it goes. No, you'll be fine. He'll be great. <laughs> That's your future in sport. Where do you see the future in sport? It's a big loaded question. You can take it anywhere you want. Well, I think I just kind of hope the community becomes more involved, especially kind of with athletics. It's not, it is a community sport, but there's a bit different compared to triathlon, which mm-hmm. is the community is amazing. There's so many different people involved. And yeah, with athletics, it's a bit, a little bit different you've got a little bit of a community there especially with the cross-country season but I'm really just hoping yet yeah, community can get involved and get out I think with the lockdowns it's been good to show people that you can get out and just go for a walk or yeah do anything do some home gym and I think that that's been really good with elite sport hopefully we can yeah get it up there and maybe on tv a bit more mm-hmm. um Yes, a little bit of money would be nice so that we can kind of do it more full-time instead of having to, like, there's a lot of guys that are working full-time and then training, like, 150K weeks, which is really tough. I've seen them do it and it looks very, very tough. But, yeah, I think just the way it's going, especially with female sport and, like, the AFLW, it's been really good to see that lifted up, especially, and, well, for 2024 now, so in Tokyo, the race walking was a 20K walk for the girls and the boys had a 20K and 50K walk. But for Paris, it'll be a 20 and 35K for both, which is, yeah, definitely exciting to see that we'll be able to do two events. There'll be two chances mm-hmm. in Tokyo for us. Yeah, then and there's two opportunities. Like you never know, you might be racing the, the 35 back. Having that, I guess it's double the spots, isn't it? Yeah, and sometimes they can even you can even do both. Like they mm. put them a week apart, so you can do both. So it'll be really interesting to see what they come out with. But it's definitely great that we can have equal opportunity to the guys to be able to race there. Mm, I agree, and I guess coming from a swimming background, we were very used to having mostly equal opportunities. Like I know at most meets we had, I think the girls had eight hundreds and the boys had fifteen hundreds, but everything else we had equal opportunities like I guess it wasn't the same distance yeah and I think even with swimming now they've increased it so the girls also have the opportunity for 1500 Mm -hmm. at states and nationals because I remember when I was younger I was always disappointed that we had the 800 but no 1500 so I think that's really great that they've introduced that as well now because I yeah I was always very disappointed that I wouldn't be able to do a 1500 (laughs) I do remember that and I was thinking oh why would she want to count that many laps? <laughs> yeah, always liked the long ones. And yeah, it was 1500 wasn't that far. I was, yeah, 12 and it 
if the boys can do it we can do it as well so yeah and I guess like that is a change that you know the next generation under us they're not going to have to deal with that so we're going along the right way and hopefully it just filters up a little bit higher into the lead end as well yeah definitely and yeah well with triathlon that's probably one of the best sports I've seen in terms of that they equal prize money equal distance everything is completely there's no difference between male and female which is great and I think a lot of sports are kind of taking on that now and looking towards getting there and I think in the next year five ten years we can definitely get there which is awesome yeah it's certainly exciting and I'm excited for your future because like, I didn't even know you did race walking to be honest until I saw that you made the team and I was like oh my gosh like this is so cool so I'm gonna be cheering you on no matter what sport you're doing and you know even in your endeavors in terms of like your degree and your career after that thank you yeah it's yeah definitely awesome to get yeah to do the mixture of things and yeah like it's so great to see everyone who that I've been training with when I was younger just doing different things and what they love it's awesome oh and thank you so much for coming on I'm I'm very excited to share this episode because you know we we came from such a similar place and yeah being able to share this one is very special to me so thank you so much for making time for me and coming on yes thanks so much for having me it's been great (laughs) thank you for listening to this episode of beyond sport with Fiona Stewart This is a completely independent podcast that has been created to share the journey and lessons of top level sporting professionals, but also your everyday lover of sport. If you liked this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you could leave a review and share it with someone who you think would also enjoy it. Until next time.